Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right. Thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Anwar Ghosh. He is the founder and CEO of Constrifer. It's a really interesting company. Uh, they were recently accepted at NVIDIA Inception uh, and also have done some pretty great things uh, along with winning an award uh, over at Amazon PWS. So I'm um, really excited to have uh, Anwar on the show today. How are you doing today? Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so it's uh, so on where we can go into Constrafer and some of the successes that you guys had there and what you guys do. Uh, but, you know, I know that you're, this is your first company and you're a founder, but I wanted to kind of go into a little bit of your story uh, and where you originally grew up. Sure. Um, so born and raised in Lebanon. Both of my parents were in construction. Uh, did my undergrad in civil engineering. At MIT, I did more on the operations research side. Then went back to the Middle East, worked a little bit in consulting there, and then did my MBA. Uh, that was kind of my ticket to come back to the U.S. Uh, and Stanford is really known for the entrepreneurship uh, vibe on the campus. So that was quite cool. Um, didn't necessarily jump into startup world directly afterwards. Actually worked for a hedge fund uh, for three or four years, and then joined a Series B AI startup where I felt like, okay, I got my legs under me and I got to kind of see how larger companies build product, build sales, and build marketing. And you're at Series B where you're just like, what was your position in that startup? I was the head of financial services. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that ties quite nicely into what I'm doing now and what we're doing now at Concertfor. So after I left that company, I uh, saw so it grow to Series C and then I left. And, and essentially, this is when we got started. Awesome. So your parents really were in construction, um, you know, in Lebanon. And you see you grew up in construction and your parents worked for, for themselves. So was it kind of um, like bred in you that you, you know, you should work for yourself as well? Um, <laughs> it was always an idea. I don't know if necessarily my parents were working for themselves. I mean, they were working at proper organizations like okay. as an architect or as a uh, on the executive side, but it was not; those were not their own companies. Uh, whereas for me, like I really wanted the entrepreneurship side. The idea was, you get a little bit more of a chance to dictate your your own future. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, where do you think your where do you think your initial kind of uh, maybe kind of ideas or this, like this people? Everyone has this concept of working for themselves and. Uh, they want to, but most people don't have the, you know, the kind of like the the grit or the tenacity to kind of go after it. Was there a certain individual that motivated you or was it just like so a company that kind of just, you know, you had a bad taste with that you're like, man, I just, I can do this better myself. What was that first initial, um, you know, kind of maybe seed of entrepreneurship? 
Yeah, I wasn't sure I wanted to do entrepreneurship for the longest time. Uh, it's just when I kind of realized how broken some some companies can be. After working in consulting, I realized that people tend to lose uh, the, like their own grip on their own career path. And I felt like, okay, this is this is not ideal. Like there are a lot of downsides to being an entrepreneur, but they may be worth it given kind of the downsides that you would see as being at a company. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so it's just kind of like a, like a logistic, you had that, you're the head of financial services. So you kind of like had the top, top view of the entire company and you're like, all right, well, you know, I don't want to be an employee anymore. I think I can do this myself. (laughs) (laughs) Part of it was that the other part is honestly, if you get to set your own, you get to set your own agenda and your own schedule when you start a company, but that only means you get to decide whichever block of 18, 19 hours a day you want to work. Like it's not that it's a lot easier. It's just you get a lot more flexibility. Yeah, yeah. You get to you know you get the matches to set your own fire ablaze. You know. <laughs> um, great. So so you had that Series B. You know, your head of financial services, and then right after that was that where Constrafer came in. Where did Constrafer come in? Yeah, I mean, right after that, uh, I, I had spent a good amount of time just interviewing different construction companies here in the U.S. just to make sure that. I had kind of picked up back in Lebanon was applicable here. Um, and so we only properly started in February this year. Oh, awesome. Um, and how was the startup process? Um, as I think I got lucky because, uh, because of the Stanford network again, uh, it was unusually easy at the beginning to get started. Um, and then COVID hit. <laughs> which uh, was surprisingly, like we we handled it, I think, surprisingly well because our business model is well suited for the industry. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of uh, what COVID did to the construction industry, it put a lot of liquidity pressure. It put a lot of pressure on the insurance premium that these contractors had to um, had to pay, and it also kind of. Uh, move people and push them to rely more on digital solutions rather than pen and paper and fax. And that's exactly where we fit in. Essentially, Constrafor is, we want to be the complete back office of the construction industry. Mm-hmm. So that's why we started by building out our own uh, construction administration portal, where we handle everything from uh, onboarding subcontractors, handling the contracts, and then the insurance compliance and the payments and the invoices, right? And so uh, as the industry, as the construction industry faced some, some challenges with COVID, they, they tended to gravitate towards us as kind of the solution uh, and pretty much one of the very, very few, if not the only game in town for a lot of these services. So for construction companies um, that don't have, you know, these onboarding processes or insurance or invoices or merchant accounts or anything like anything like that or do you guys provide online website development as well do we do development for them no but our SaaS tool is quite configurable oh. uh, so like they can they can configure their own workflows they can configure who gets to approve an invoice whom they send it to and then who gets to pay to like, sign the checks when they want to get sent out the e-checks great so it's kind of like a one-stop shop when it comes to like organizing all of your financials and making sure you're all of your ducks are in a row with, with construction companies. Absolutely. Uh, the construction industry is still 
the largest industry globally and it's it's um, it was unusual uh, for me to see that even in the us it's it's uh, it's still that technologically lagging uh, part of it is because everything is bespoke every single time right so like normally for example let's say you were in the business of of building uh, cars you you set up your factory once and then you start selling it in construction every single time a general contractor wants to do a project they need to go out and, and look for 30 to 40 new subcontractors and they need to kind of set up the whole infrastructure of contracts and payments and invoices every single time and that's where we come in essentially we help out on this back office side of, uh, of their business that's phenomenal so what is it that the contractors are really doing is that is it they're they're kind of managing the job once it's secure and you know completing the job um and then they're getting you know the they're getting the work. So let's say, let's say I was starting a con, a, 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 some, a, a new construction company, and I was going to focus on, um, well, I mean, something really recent for me is um, like a yacht. I'm going to the yacht business, so maybe remodeling interiors on um, yachts and things. Uh, have you died? You guys have you ever worked with any? I'm sure we, this, you guys are fairly new, but how would it work? If I was trying to find contractors to be able to start that kind of company, let's say yeah, the let's see one. So, the kind of work that you're mentioning might be slightly for contractors that are slightly smaller than the one that we target. We we tend to target general contractors above a hundred million dollars of annual revenues. Okay, so maybe like let's say do like kitchen model repair or something. Yeah, I mean on the residential side, that could also be a little bit smaller. So like some of the some of the projects on the platform today. Um, or for some of the largest companies you'd, you'd recognize out there. Yeah, in relation to the AWS uh, and Amazon, what was the award uh, for that? Yeah, so I think part of what we ended up doing that was quite uh, quite unique is is really putting AI in the in the backdrop, like not putting AI as uh, at the forefront of the company. Mm-hmm. Right? Like right now, we see a lot of companies that present themselves as AI for construction, AI for this, AI for that. So for us, we really use cutting edge language models um, in our processes, but we put them in the back end, right? So like, we don't we don't put our, for, our foot forward by saying, or we do AI for construction. What we what we say is that we help you manage your insurance compliance. And what that what that means is when a general contractor is onboarding their subcontractors, they need to go through all of these documents and they need to parse them and they need to enter the right information, check if the insurance is compliant or not, check if the invoice is compliant or not. And, and we do all of that in the back, uh, in the background using NLP technology. Okay, so so in AWS, you're utilizing them as your servers. Correct, so and we host everything on AWS. Okay, cool, fantastic. Uh, so it sounds like, you know, like all these really, really difficult, challenging, time-consuming pieces. Would you say that Constrafer kind of alleviates all the pain points of starting a construction job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we essentially want to handle the back office and simplify this for them. That way, contractors can focus on just getting their job done. Awesome. That's yeah. That's really. It sounds like it. It really does make it a much easier process. If I was ever going to go just go into construction, I would probably use Constrafer to be able to handle all these things. What's the what's the normal um, compensation structure when it comes to this to, to hiring you guys? Is it like per job, um, or is it you know like a monthly subscription method? How does it work? Yeah, so we charge uh, based on the invoices. 
uh, based on the number based on the number of subcontractors. So essentially, if people are not getting value out of the service, we don't want to charge them. Okay. So when they make money, then you make money. Yeah, essentially because we know that a lot of contractors may have some some lull time between the projects. We don't want to be charging them just for having the the data on the platform. We only want to be uh, monetizing the platform if it adds value to them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a great structure. You know, I mean, it's a win-win structure for the both of you guys. Exactly. Is there like an onboarding process, like a setup fee to, to initially get in with you guys? It's completely free. Uh, in, in fact, we've noticed that people can get onboarded within a few minutes. Wow. Yeah, because we end up integrating with a lot of the tools that they may have already been using. And so if somebody's using a tool like Procore, uh, essentially it's trivial for them to get onboarded on our platform. We pull all of their data and we get them started. I love it. Uh, what are your, some of your goals for 2020 as far as um, going in the construction field? For 2020? Yeah. So we've hit um, we've hit two and a half, sorry, $250,000 in revenue backlog. I would love to see that go up to 500K. So we have basically Q4 to, uh, to double what we've done so far. Um, That'd be great. Yeah, what are some of the directions as far as going? Are you trying to partner with a certain company or a certain direction to uh, to uh, um, get that additional revenue spike? I mean, we're trying to hire more. So if there are people out there that are good at sales, we'd love to have them. Um, in the partnership, we, de- we definitely uh, have a lot of integrations and we're open to, um, to playing with a lot of different companies. The idea is most construction tech companies out there focus on one problem and they try to just do this one thing. But if you are a contractor, you're not going to go out and have like 50 different subscription services, 50 different logins and emails just to get one thing done. And so what we end up doing is being kind of the platform where all of these services sit. And so if somebody has a particular service that they feel is useful, but they're struggling to reach the contractors, we're more than happy to partner with them and offer their services to our contractors. Love it. Yeah. So maybe, um, you know, if anyone can kind of, uh, you know, reach out to Anwar and, and see if you guys could collaborate with some, some sort. You know, there's a lot of, being that it's a, you know, you guys are in a startup phase and you know, had some really good success so far. There's a lot of room for, for growth and adding additional services, um, things like that. So it's, it sounds like it's a really, really phenomenal time uh, and also exciting. I mean, startups are like, I have guys that are, they're on the show, they're like startup junkies, you know, they love startups. They're like, what's it for startup? They're like, okay, let's, I'm gonna get on. I'm gonna get on the phone with this guy, or I'm gonna shoot an email, you know, and see how he's going. People just, people just eat it up because there's so much room for for growth, and it's you know, you're always trying to innovate, and you know, it's it's fun. I'm hoping this is my one and only. I don't want to be doing this again. I don't understand how people can do this, like, and become serial entrepreneurs. This is way too much for me. Like, uh, yeah, it's a lot of big things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my first company, you know, I stuck with it for five, six years. I mean, it's still operating. It's just, you know, I don't do a ton of, of work with it. I found out how to automate the majority of the processes, and um, and then give myself give myself the the available time to start up other companies. It's almost like um, you know, build. It's like building a house, and, and once it's stable and it sticks there, then great. You know, it'll last for years. You know, you just like hire the maids and you know, the groundkeeper people to just kind of maintain the house, you know, and then, you know, you can hire people to add a different addition, you know, to increase the, the total value, but it'll last for, you know, 20 years if you build it correctly, the foundation's good, right? 
Um, but it took years basically for, for that to happen. And then, you know, it gives me the free time to do it. But initially a startup requires all of your attention. Like, yeah. you know, it's like a baby, you know? And so it's like, you know, you're at, it's very fragile, you know, it needs your motivation. It needs your, you know, um, your, your stick to itiveness and, and all that good stuff. So, um, with the, with the pandemic at the very end, you know, with you guys came through it February, um, when you guys launched and that was pretty much, I mean, the pandemic hit around March, April. Um, how was that first couple months into it? It was a little bit awkward to hire people, uh, virtually through Zoom. Uh, we try to do what we can to make sure that there's a collaborative culture that people actually know each other in the company. Uh, so we try to carve out room for, for like non-work conversations purposefully. Yeah, uh, like a happy hour or like a like a company like coffee, morning coffee Zoom or something like that. Also, just we allow for some like like just we really allow time for like non-work conversation. Whether people want to talk about what's happening around us with COVID or what's happening around us with some other, uh, for example, with the election stuff, right? There's there's a lot happening around us, and it it, it would feel a little bit too weird if. If people could only talk about work and just we were kind of forced to ignore uh, basically everything that is happening around us. Definitely. So that was mostly the challenging piece, which is like onboarding new people, getting them to be connected, and then kind of getting the flow of things. Um, now, you know, it's October. Uh, how is everything going smoothly now? And you guys are just looking to hire more people? I mean, smoothly by startup standards, yeah. I mean, we're definitely looking to expand faster. Uh, we're always, we always have a few people that we, we wish we had on board uh, and uh, but yeah nothing unexpected it's exactly the, the kind of problems that we were hoping we would have when we got started yeah they say some of the you it's like the best time or the worst time to start up a business in the middle of a recession that's what they say it's like <laughs> it's kind of like the same at all times you know it's like it's always challenging uh, but sometimes you can have the largest growth, you know, during a very difficult season. Uh, and, you know, so I definitely give you kudos for, you know, going after it and, and, and being a, putting yourself in a position where uh, it's more risky. But, you know, of course, there could be a huge payout in the end. Some of you guys are doing really uh, some fantastic work and you guys are going to change the game in the construction world. Uh, as far as uh, people, things that you're needing right now to be able to be able to double up, and we already talked about collaborations with um, you know, similar, uh, maybe integrate integratable uh, construction services or software or something like that. They could reach out to you. Uh, and then you, we also mentioned in like a salesperson, or you need some kind of salesperson to be able to continue to grow. We need to ramp up on our sales. We need to ramp up on our marketing. We need to ramp up on our customer success. I mean, <laughs> we need a lot. All areas, all areas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we need more engineers, of course. There's always room to grow, right? Um, cool. So, you know, it sounds like, a, you know, everyone needs to kind of reach out to Anwar and, and, and get connected with you and see how they can provide value. Because, uh, I mean, there's a lot of amazing um, people that listen to the show, that have been on the show. Uh, so we're going to have to connect yet. But um, fantastic. Well, uh, I appreciate you being on the show, Anwar. And we're going to have to stay connected for the, for the remaining of the year. Uh, and uh, I wish you all the best success. And, you know, if... Uh, if you need anything as far as uh, anything in the construction area, people, you guys want to get a hold of Anwar. How do you, how do you people get a hold of you typically? Is it an email or you go to your website? Email is perfect. It's first name at company name.com. So Anwar at constrafor.com. Fantastic. Very, very cool. Um, and you guys are just con, uh, constrafor.com as well, right? 
Great. Yeah. Look, yeah. Look at the uh, title in the comments, guys, and, uh, and get a hold of them. And uh, thank you so much, John Warren. Have a good rest of your day. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.